is, and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because people on Facebook don't need to know if I'm wearing pants or not tonight, and I'm not going <laughs> to tell. Oh, come on. It's the unwritten hangout rule. There are no pants in hangouts. You keep telling yourself that. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Trouble all over the place. You can find me pretty much anywhere under that, S-H-U-J-I-N. Yeah, we've got a, a currently truncated grouping. I'll try to figure out why in a couple of moments. From just north of the border where, oh my god, it's still the fucking white north again. What the hell's going up there? Heretic woman, oh, good morning. Good morning. It sucks. It sucks. It's nasty. The wind is screeching. We had my husband had to shovel the sidewalk again, and it's mid freaking April. Mid April. Mm -hmm. This is not supposed to happen. Yeah, and we're supposed to be getting that uh, probably as early as well the, within the next hour or two. So oh, know, enjoy. It's oh yeah. Enjoy. We had there was uh, uh, ice pellets earlier. <laughs> uh, joyful. Uh huh. Keep that in mind. From just south of me into uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just joining us. Good morning, Joey. Hello. Good time works. Works. Yes, it does. Yeah. Perfect timing, by the way. Good to have you. From uh, just to the right of him, outside of, um, oh my God, things are heating up over there, aren't they right now? Outside of Washington, D.C., good morning on Renault Tech. Dude, it was freaking, what, yesterday it was... Okay, so Friday, my car's external thermometer registered in the parking lot a resting temperature of 85 degrees on black Get out. on blacktop. Ah, get out. Ah. As I was moving the car, so that was cooling off the thermometer and everything else. It's it it, it balanced out about an hour by an hour down later at around 81, 82. She suck. And today it was it was definitely like frick. What was what was today's whatever? Uh, I don't remember. Cold. Yeah, it, it it was it was cooler than that, but it was still. You warm, still suck. Warm. It was still high seventies. You still minimal. suck. Uh, Dallin, are you I getting a blizzard? Because it's going to get cold again, and everybody's going to get sick. Are you getting a blizzard over there, Dallin? Yeah, let's go ahead are. and introduce them. Oh, outside of Calgary, up where the moose are... I was going to say nervous, but no. That, there's there's <laughs> a moose over there. <laughs> Evening, Dallin. How the hell are you? <laughs> it would be fine, except you have no audio. <laughs> no sound. Let's try that again, shall we? That works. There we go. Ah, there we go. How the hell are you doing this week? Uh, not too bad. It's actually been a. It was a nice day today. Um, okay, you no apparent too. blizzards yet. Uh -huh. But then again, I, I am heading out east this week, so I, I will be yeah. suffering along with y'all. <laughs> uh, well, it'll probably trying... be cleared up by then. Yeah, there's that. By the way, uh, just doing the the real quick recap. Uh, I just went and looked it up. According to uh, according to Google, uh, right now Calgary, a balmy three degrees Celsius. Well, better than it was a couple of days ago. Yeah, and uh, the sad part is, I just, uh, as usual, just pulled up Yellowknife. Our nice Fritz over there in Yellowknife. It's two. 
It's I am going to uh, I'm going to do a GoFundMe one of these days to get you tickets to go up there for a week. You keep talking about that. So Uh, let's see. Um, Tomorrow Monday is supposed to be a high of three, cloudy with rain. Tuesday a high of one, cloudy with light snow. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wednesday mostly cloudy but high of six. So yeah. there's something. Yeah, and by the way, I just pulled it up. Uh, Kitchener right now minus five, yep. and um, yeah, here she outside, is outside of there Washington. She is. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Washington D.C. currently twenty one. I'll take your damn twenty one any day, but yeah, I've got my uh, my what what the forecast too, going too close, on there. too close, a little too close. Sorry. There you go, minus five. <sighs> Says it could be worse. Your town could be infested with spiders. Uh, big ones. Keep that, keep that in mind. And what your application is that? Huh? Yeah. What? What is what, the app? That's uh, what the forecast. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, it's the best one ever. It it talks to you too, and it swears. Oh, wonderful! Speaking oh, of I got swearing, a whole bunch of sailors at work. They'll love it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, speaking For of sure. swearing, joining us and drugged up beyond all comprehension, good evening, Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to make it today. Apparently, yeah. uh, My fever just broke probably 10 minutes ago. Oh, well, right on time then. Yeah. Well, I got some glue if you need it. <laughs> you know, I got and, one of those, uh, Vic, I've got one of those Vicks inhalers that you can snort up your nose. Listen, we don't uh, want to, we don't care what you put down your throat. <laughs> it's a little small for that. And uh, that, that wouldn't help. I'm way beyond Vicks. <laughs> there is that. And on top of everything else, uh, for what it's worth, um, better your fever than water. So thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> So uh, all of you that are watching live, thank you very woo. much. Oh, and, and you- just, just for the record, Trippin, yeah. you suck too. He said it was 84 today. Bite me. Yeah, Screw you all. Screw you all. <laughs> Those of you that are watching live, of course, thank you very much. Please, of course, as always, please take advantage of the chat system. I don't know where the hell it is on the screen for you. I don't care. You know what? You're there. You're joining us. Thank you. Which in this case means Stephanie. Hi, Trippin. Hi, hi and the- apparently you suck. So and and one. oh, a little little tip. Um, they've changed the chat window slightly because if you've noticed, it'll say top chat. Yep. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any, it's like it's like Facebook and their stupid freaking news feed that changes all the time. You have uh-huh. to change it to live chat instead of top chat to make sure that you don't miss any messages which is yep. really bloody annoying that's yep. stupid yeah it is yes but, it uh, is they they did add something which is kind of nice over on youtube so uh while you were watching if you're watching after we've broadcast so whenever you can actually watch the live chat as it happens as you're watching yes. it, which is something yes. you can't do as you're listening to us on your podcast while driving yes. at yes. least you shouldn't we we don't recommend that no we we <laughs> The staff and management of Holy Crap the Vlogcast insist do not be watching the show while driving. Thank you. <laughs> I can get away with doing that. Yes, Chad, stop touching yourself, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
Funny, funny you should mention Kent because the Great Debate community oh, had God. a ro- roast Kent Hoven last night, which was bloody funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a you know we may we may end up we may end up touching on his brother not. I, I know, I know, I know. But there, there's something funny that ended up happening. We'll, we'll check that out, and and please don't don't hurt yourself like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to touch him. <laughs> I I know, I know, I know. But th- there, there's a topic that we can, and it's actually pretty damn funny. We'll come back to that. Okay. Meanwhile. Well, just quickly though, my yeah. favorite part. You know that song you're a such and such, aren't you, Kent? You know the one. No. No. Uh, you're you're a fucktard, aren't you, Kent? It's a. Oh, I I know that's. I yeah, that. you're a fucktard, aren't you, Kent? Um, they they were. Uh, Oh, look it up. It's brilliant. But they uh, they were playing that song and they were laughing about how Kent, if he was watching, would probably be upset that they were playing that song. And uh, one of the one of the co-hosts, Kyle, says, don't worry, Kent, if you wait long enough, it'll evolve into a nice song. (laughs) Yeah, but that's only if the guy that originally wrote it changes the song. So, well, yeah. Minute details, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, so um, let me go ahead and get everything rolling because uh, Tech needs to get himself some more coffee, and I'm pretty much out, sadly. Uh, I should have brought my French press over in here so I could refill it, but no, no, stupid me. Wait, so you get this uh, lady from France to sit on your coffee for you? Every once in a while, I get lucky. I mean, there's only so many countries that we're allowed to import from, and right now, France is still one of them. Where's Joseph when you need him? (laughs) Sitting on a pile of coffee. Coffee. Uh, That's why he disappears to make his coffee. (laughs) Takes a while. La presse française. The main host of Holy Crook the Vlogcast does not in any way, shape, or form condone picking on the frog. Le Grenouille to you. I'm sorry. Monsieur Le Grenouille. Oh, I've missed you guys. Welcome. Mr. Tech. Welcome back. We've missed you. Uh, I bet. Yes. Anyway, so let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and get this thing rolling. And um, for what it's worth, by the way, uh, those those new CDs I was talking about. Uh, yeah, got them over here. See, South Pacific. See, Dream of Love. Barry Gordy. Some good stuff. Uh, See? South Pacific was an awesome musical. Yep. Love it. Yep, I had uh, I had a whole bunch of fun uh, telling people that, yeah, I got the CD. It's uh, originally from uh, 1940, 1946 on the CD. So there you go. It's amazing what kind of recording systems they had back in the end of World War II. <laughs> anyway, it's a whole other thing. We'll deal with that later. Let me get everything rolling over here. Um, not that it makes any kind of a difference to you guys, but uh, for, for what it's worth, little little uh, little tech trivia for you, the laser originally was crafted in 1969 year was born yes the laser it took him from 1970 to 1980 to start putting music with him imagine that anyway 
Let's get everything rolling over here. With five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right now. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to get us a, a DMCA hit, but I don't really much care. Stuck in the middle with you. You know, uh, there. I am not a firebrand for pretty damn much anything, and I will be the first one to admit it. There will probably uh, be a number of people who will just go ahead and say is, uh, yep, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes I'd really like to be able to be, I mean, I can get my hackles up every once in a while and go after somebody if they, you know, richly deserve it. But I'm not one of those guys that just goes out fighting and swinging and, and the, the firebrand personality and, you know, throwing the gauntlet down in somebody's face, which, um, whatever, you get the idea. And I don't have a problem with people who are, I mean, I have heretic woman on the show not specifically because she is a far more firebrand personality than I am, but because she's got the personality that she has and she has the perspective that she has. It's not a matter that I want the rest of us to be, you know, more laid back or more in front or whatever the case may be. It's not the point. I'm the type of personality that I am. I have gone through enough where I hang back. I wait. Some people once upon a time would say, I'm a sandbagger. Yeah, okay, fine. You know, old CB craze. Leave me alone. I'm the person that will wait and find out what's going on before jumping in. Because I've I've gotten myself into a lot of crap before just jumping into stuff. I was a dumb kid. High school. What are you going to do? But these days... I try really hard to be the de-escalation point for a lot of things, believe it or not. And the problem that I end up with is getting kind of wedged in between the firebrand on one side and the zealot on the other. And that's not always a comfortable place to be. It, it, it really isn't. Because on the one side, you end up with the zealots who just want to say, well, your entire point is that hardline whatever the complete far end of the spectrum and then the firebrands who are well what the hell is wrong with you you wishy-washy son of a bitch you know okay fine you know whatever but i would like to think that where i am is a worthwhile place even if i have to take a battering from both sides every once in a while which truth be told sucks but at least I get the opportunity of seeing who's saying what, and more importantly, decoding the why on both sides. It's not always easy, especially with the people who are the zealots on any particular issue. And I'm not talking about any particular one, although I've been accused of being a zealot in my own way, specifically, and I will admit it, on the whole gun issue thing. I've had somebody who has basically said that if we're not talking about taking away everybody's guns, that I'm not happy. Me, I'm not happy, which is not even the case. It's just more a matter of, look, um, why can't this be talked about? And I guess in a way, that's kind of where my position really is. Look, I know that you've got your position, and I know in some ways it's diametrically opposed from these other guys. So how about 
we acknowledge that, okay, you've both got your, your places that you don't want to move off from. And how about we discuss the pieces that people don't want to talk about and find out why, you know, let's kind of uncover those rocks and see what skitters out. That's the problem I run into. I end up with people who are just don't want to even discuss that there's a rock or that there's anything under that rock. They don't want to be bothered to ask the question or even acknowledge that a question could be asked. More importantly, that you're not allowed to even acknowledge that there could be a question. It sucks be, being in the middle sometimes, man. But considering what I can get to see and what I can get to take apart and put back together again, what I can puzzle through, I do think that I've got a worthwhile place. And if it turns out that I'm in the middle of something that you're talking through, just don't kick me around, okay? This episode 207 on the docket, Your Honor. The best laid plans. Uh, for those of you that didn't read the headline that was part of the show announcement, yeah, um, there was an interesting story that uh, was covered in a lot of news organizations, but the one I specifically linked to was from NPR, where a school teacher who had a legal pistol left it in a washroom off of campus, fortunately, that was picked up by somebody who used the bathroom afterwards and uh, shot it to check and see if it was loaded. Yeah. Turns out the person but... who picked it up to check to see if they were loaded was drunk off their gourd. Yep. Because I'm like, that's obviously the logical way to check that a gun is loaded, you know. I'm surprised he didn't look down the barrel to see. <laughs> what I want to know is, was this a revolver or was this a semi? Uh, if it was a semi-automatic, was this safety on and the drunk didn't know how to turn it off? Or did he accidentally leave the safety turned off? You know, inquiring mind wants to know. Well, see, we, we can kind of get to a portion of this because I don't know what type of weapon it was. I don't remember having seen it in there, but we kind of come back to that in a little bit. Um, so we're not going to be dealing specifically with the gun issue. However, this is indicative of where I wanted to take it all, which is if you increase variable X, you have to know, you <clears throat> simply have to, that there are going to be additional consequences from that, that, Maybe you can recognize are going to happen ahead of time. Maybe you can't. But the ones that you know are going to happen, you really need to make sure that you acknowledge that they're going to happen and not be stupid and just ignore that possibility. I so think basically, that's the big problem. Yes, it will be. And by the way, joining us from Paris, good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Let's get a word for you. La presse française. Yes. <laughs> La presse française. Yeah. Je suis la presse française. Wait, wait. No, we, we were speculating earlier that um, we were talking about French presses and we were wondering if, you know, French people actually press the copy, you know. That technique is Italian, actually. No, we're talking <laughs> like physically pressing the coffee themselves. <laughs> it's being two croissants. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tech was specifically asking if you were using, uh, I believe the French term is your ass to do it. <laughs> mm, never thought of trying that. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mental note. When visiting France, do not, I repeat, do not drink the coffee. <laughs> it's a good yes. thing I'm a tea Unless drinker. You're into that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's a good thing I'm a tea drinker. I'm like, hmm, tea bags. Um. Still not helping. <laughs> Still not helping. <laughs> so, Heretic Woman, uh, I, I know full well at this point that you probably heard that uh, Rafe was, uh, uh, I don't remember if he was uh, given the award from. Uh, uh, the, the group in California, or if he was just nominated for, uh, I assume that you did hear about that. Uh, no, actually. I'm totally clueless. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I've, I've forgotten off the top of my head what which group it was. It was the <clears throat> Los Angeles press okay. group. I forget I forget which one it was. I know Fawel okay. Dallin had it before. I had it in the, pretty sure I had it in the show notes a couple of weeks ago. Anyway. Okay. Um, I have not heard anything new on him. Uh, his wife has no. been still making the the rounds and basically saying, Although, um, "Guys, I will I will let you know." And it, this is related. Uh, and oh, I need to like open this up so we have. Yeah, you do that. And by the way, uh, Trippin, Trippin saying, "Oh, it's going to be one of those nights." I see. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm I'm trying to make that be a lot more often than not because truth be told, uh. I think if we're a little bit more happy, people will actually want to join us once in a while, especially to hear when Bridget is all drugged up. Uh, it's just one of those things. I'm figuring my <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it's giving me. You wouldn't say that, right? But I was taking a drink. Of course I would. <laughs> of course I would. The staff so, of the Bullcrap Podcast do not endorse her in any way. Condone. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> what? Oh, damn. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the audio portion of this no, show, uh, just, what I'm on tech has showing on the screen right now is a Google search for the testicle tea bag, which is apparently a thing. And I am not going to give that a try. Uh, I think from now on, all of my beverages I'm going to be taking through IV drip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't suggest that. I mean, if you do an IV, you're going to need someone who is medically trained to do it. I would recommend something that doesn't require that. Uh, you can usually find uh, a, a red bag and a, and a hose at most chemists. <laughs> so consider that instead. Yeah. Uh, and, and also remember, if you're going to go IV, uh, it has to be rotated every uh, few days. Yeah, yes. and um, if you um, if it happens often enough, uh, speaking from experience here, um, your options actually do become limited over time. They make one in Etsy. <laughs> you know whoa, 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 what? What, what uh, the hell was that? Okay. I, mean, I gotta check the screen here. Look, what, 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 uh, if you're gonna yeah. do it frequently, a pick line is what you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Well, um, uh, the pick line is good. No, yeah, the, the pick line is good, except yeah, except when you have to uh, you know sit in there for two hours while the clot buster works away at it. Yeah. Again, Flushing I got a little bit of experience in that one. Just a smidge. Yeah. yeah so, what'd you find? 
I'm trying to get the uh, website up here for this, but um, um, Greta Vosper, who is the uh, atheist minister here in Ontario, um, she is working on a mini conference. Oh, here we've got it. Um, So her church is trying to sponsor a refugee family. Like, their church is going to, like, actually pay for this family to come to Canada and all of that. And they've been approved through a refugee and through, um, I think, is it uh, United Nations that does that? I'm not sure. But their church anyway. So they're trying to raise money to help take care of this family and get them to Canada. The family is not just any refugee family. They are... um, I'm not sure if it's the the husband or the wife, but one of them are is a Bangladeshi blogger who's currently in hiding, and that's why they need to come to Canada because they might get hacked to pieces. Yeah, if I remember right, there's only about uh, there's only about uh, what eighty two people still lift on that list. Yeah, it's not that many, sadly. So she has organized a mini conference to raise money, and this is going to be taking place in Ontario. And I was trying to get the um, website up so I could get the actual date, and it's June the 2nd. And the cool thing is, and the reason why it's pertinent to what we were talking about, um, Ensof with Rafe's wife, is that she is one of the people who have agreed to come and speak at this little conference, as well as Avijit Roy's widow, uh, Rafida Banya, and as well, Rehan Abir, who was uh, Avijit Roy's co-author, who has also escaped to Canada, and um, Ali Rizvi and his wife, Alishba Zarmin, and another uh, lady who's by the name of Aruna Pap, who is an ex-fundamentalist Christian from India, which her father was a, a evangelical pastor in India, which is kind of unusual. And so I just thought I'd plug that because uh, it's an amazing idea and they're really hoping to raise money to get this family to Canada so they don't have to hide and worry about being hacked to pieces because they wrote something. <clears throat> so that's on June 2nd. And um, of course, She's going to want the uh, website, but it's livesinthebalance.ca is the uh, website. And you can pre-purchase tickets. It's a little pricey. It's $125 Canadian, but it is a fundraiser, which is why that is. But I think the people you're going to see are be well worth it. And Greta is going to speak as well. And she's an amazing speaker. Um, but And also, if you can't go... Uh, she is going to um, make it available on their website that you could donate if you're not able to go, but you wanted to support them as well. So I just thought I'd plug that since we were talking about Ensof and she's going to be there. So if you're in the Toronto area, Southern Ontario on April 2nd, um, it's definitely worth your while. June 2nd. June. June. uh, Yes. Thank you. Uh, So uh, you you get me the uh, you get me the link. I drop that in the uh, in the notes for yep. us. Okay, yep. we'll do that. So, however, with no new news, which is as we've said on many occasions, going to be the norm. 
As of the recording of tonight's show, this is now five years, nine months, 29 days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. So back to the news article. The headline itself, uh, like I was saying before, it basically said everything. Uh, I was in the middle of having dinner uh, out, and I will admit at Chipotle, one of the few times that you know we get out. We don't get out very often, but it did. The headline from NPR read on my phone, quote, Stoneman Douglas teacher is arrested after leaving a gun in bathroom stall. That's what I read right away. And I turned the phone around and I showed it to Tiny Tribble. And even he was just like rolling his eyes. Granted, he was in the middle of, of noshing down really hard and heavy on, on you know, food. So you know, what else are you going to do? Did you but, have the same first impression that I did? That it was left in a school bathroom? That yeah. was the first thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I wasn't the only one. No. No, no not by long shot. And, you know, uh, that that was... That was the one that, as soon as I read it, you know, it, it reminded me that there have also been other news reports where teachers that have brought weapons into schools have left them in classrooms, left them in bathrooms, left them in the open. Kids have had the opportunity of being available to them, <clears throat> shall we say. And if there's one thing that we know, high school kids are massively inventive they're almost like squirrels trying to find their way to you know anything they will find a way oh yes they will find a way and i will admit it in junior high school i used my laminated id card to get past the locking mechanisms in some of the classrooms because they used the interleaving thing that had a a, a, a bowed latch on the door so all you needed to do was just get in there really good with got into the music room that way. That- See, you know, here's the thing. These are people in general, people forget their cell phones. Dude, why the hell are we you, giving them? You went exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it, okay. First off, by the way, to finish off that story, that wasn't such a good thing because I found out afterwards that music teacher was a friend of my aunt. Yeah. Oh, that didn't that didn't go over well. So um, that was a long, yeah, con- anyway. awkward conversation. Uh, yeah, sort of, just a just a little bit. Anyway, um, so he, here's the thing: people will forget their cell phones. Okay, people have forgotten their cup of timmies up on top of their car once in a while, uh-huh. right? Been there, done that. People have yep. forgotten their children Thank in you. the car. Yep. Yeah, and you know or we're on top stop. of the car too. Yeah, we're gonna stop right there. Because Not to mention dogs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, Mr. Rudney, I think. Now mm. let's let's just stop it right there with children, of all things. Children. Every yeah. year there are reports of children who have been left in cars because people left to go to work and didn't drop off the kid and Oh, look at that. Six hours later, suddenly there's an ambulance and the door is wrenched open and, well, there's nothing to be done. And I don't know how people can 
think that people will do right every time, every time. And it's, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous to me when I saw this story. Yes. The first thing I thought was it was, it was in a school, but even so, how many times have we heard even before this whole thing with Florida and, and the, the, the big wave of kids March for our lives and all this stuff, even before that, you know, uh, detectives and, and officers come into school to explain about gun safety. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. He shot himself in the goddamn leg. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, just... All right. All right. Let's, 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 let's try this out really quickly. Show of hands. Um, is there a number above zero that it should be? Anybody? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> That number should not ever be over zero times. It's just that's just ludicrously stupid. So if someone who is incredibly well trained, one would expect, although here in the US, eh, training for police, that's a whole other issue, but anyway. And they make mistakes. You know, we've got somebody who is very well trained in in firearms. So uh Joe. Real quickly, let's let's see about this one, Joe. If you end up shooting yourself in the leg and you're a, a police officer, fairly well trained in your weapon, and it goes off while you're putting it into your holster, generally speaking, what's happened at this point? Joey? I think he's probably laughing his ass off at the thought oh, no. of it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I know full well at, at this point. I can hear him rolling his eyes a little bit. Joey, are you even still there? Because I see nothing. I hear nothing. I would guess he probably gets put on administratively pretty damn fast. That's a, that's a, that's a good starting off point. I was going to say that. That's something pretty optimistic. Yeah. That depends on what county you live in in the United States. Well, all right. Oh, that's true, too. Especially if it's Maryland. Guys, again, speaking as somebody who, A, does not watch a lot of TV and was actually called out on it last night, uh, B, does not live in your country and therefore is not exposed to um, your brand of commercials on a regular basis, because even the American channels up here... um, they will actually have Canadian commercials put over top uh, during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. I, I have actually seen this. <clears throat> wow! Yeah, it's um, it, it, that's a that's a story for a whole other show. My question, though, mm-hmm. all right, the NRA. Okay, everybody's still here. That's good. Yeah, hackles are going up. Okay. No, no, no. Here's my question. Now, one of the things I, I've been to their site many times because, let's face it, the whole gun thing has been going on for a very long time. True. And I always end up going back there just to see, okay, look, what's changed? And one of the so-called PR promo points, and it's something I do get behind, is the concept of responsible gun ownership. Okay. Now, like up here, uh, if I wanted to go buy a weapon, 
I would have to get a firearm. I would have to basically be licensed for it. I have to have what's called an FAC. Yep. Don't ask me what it stands for, but um, I firearms I firearms acquisition certificate. I used to there have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually looked into getting one because I was thinking of uh, going range shooting for a while, and I just not so much to own it, but just to say that I know how to use it, which. It's it, this ain't no Polaroid camera, okay? It's it's not just point and shoot, and I think Joey would attest to that. My question is: A, is something like an FAC required down in the states? And B, if the NRA is so, we believe in responsible gun ownership. Do they have any kind of media spots on TV to help promote that? To promote education? to promote the things that they apparently stand behind or are they just uh, blowing smoke? Well, there's a, there's a couple of pieces of that one uh, to handle the, the last part, the part about education and responsibility. I remember when I was a kid, my grandfather was a hunter. My dad used to go with him every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I remember as being a big talking point. It was a big sell. And it made a hell of a lot more sense. Now, admittedly, this is going back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your mileage may vary. Uh, yeah, considerably. Yeah. Uh, I know for well that um, the NRA has its own streaming TV system now with their own advertisements and shows and all that happy horseshit. But how much of that is the classic, I guess? is kind of hard to say because um, I have a hard time stomaching any of it because it feels very much like a propaganda machine. Um, Joe, now that you're back, um, do you have anything on, on this one yourself or uh, any insight? I had to step away from it. So I need somebody to give me a quick, uh... what happens if a police officer shoots themselves uh, or lets a gun go off when they're holstering it? Well, all right, let me, let me me back it up a little bit. Well, Uh, Let's uh, to okay. to put it into the perspective. It was police officers going to schools, you know, grade schools. They're explaining about gun safety. Holsters his weapon, shoots himself in the leg. What could have possibly gone wrong at that point is where I was going for. Are now, we talking back. from a legal standpoint or you know mechanical? Uh, what from, would happen from, to that person? Yeah, let's let's go from uh, the idea of what legally could happen, and more well, specifically, what went wrong for this person that this ended up happening. Well, depending on the holster that he was using, um, do we happen to know whether it was one of the plastic holsters, leather holster, uh, some kind of fabric? Don't I don't think it really much matters. It it can because, uh, for example. <clears throat> The uh, the fabric holsters that you typically would see applied to some sort of webbing or anything of that sort, uh, they typically have straps and stuff that can get in the way and can, uh, if you're not careful, they can uh, interfere with the mechanisms of the firearm. Um, what about the speed holsters? You know, those plastic ones that are molded to the shape of the, of the firearm? Uh, those are a little rarer, but if they don't have the exact holster for that exact firearm, yeah. what can happen is you can have uh, a slide fire, which basically the holster is not designed to fit that particular pistol. 
might be close, but that doesn't mean that it's the right fit. In which case, they can potentially uh, pull pull the slide back in the process of trying to holster it, which can load around. And if the uh, slide is allowed to slam forward to, or well, any number of things can go wrong. You know, sears might be worn out and yada, yada, yada. But yes, it can result in a discharge. Now, generally speaking, there are supposed to be several interlocks that are supposed to be, Set well, up to prevent su- supposed to be mm-hmm. to prevent this from happening. Now, notice I say prevent, not completely one hundred percent every time categorically stop because well, any fire no such thing, any firearm that has seen sufficient use is eventually going to have worn out parts regardless. However, even looking at a brand new, you know, firearm right out of the box, not all firearms are created equal. This is what gets uh, a number of companies um, to name. Uh, well, I really shouldn't name names, but you know what? Screw it. They're not sponsoring us. Um, <coughs> firearm companies like Taurus. That is and, a big name. Uh, well, the thing is, th- their big selling point is we have cheap firearms. Um, Caltech is another one that has quite a few mechanism issues. Uh, the reliability of the firearms is justifiably in question because they pretty much just mass produce them from the cheapest materials they can to just get as much of a turnaround as they can. So that brings up, uh, that brings up an interesting point that um, kind of goes along with where I'm going at this point. Which is why you will never see me fire a Taurus. I have a, I have a GI model 1911 that was made by a company, uh, Rock Island Armory, I believe. Uh, they, are, they were one of the original producers of the 1911 for the war effort. And, uh, well, you really can't argue with, you know, field testing. Fair enough. And they they do follow very strictly to the idea of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're, they still make them the same way that they were made over a hundred years ago. They don't do anything like you've probably heard of Kimber firearms. Uh, they are notorious for having a large selection of very specialized and customized 1911s. But again, if it ain't broke... Don't fix it. Don't try to fix it. And don't add, you know, needless shit to it. So let me show you where this uh, this whole thing comes out for me and, and why I wanted to go through all this. This one particular news article was about one teacher. Okay. One it can very easily just be a one-off. Every once in a while, something is going to have happened. And we know this. We know full well that, you know, there is a, there is a bell curve of what is going to happen versus what's supposed to have happened. There are going to be outliers on both ends of the spectrum. The hypervigilant and the not quite so vigilant, but here's, shall we say. Here's the problem with that, is that you can be the most vigilant driving. Driving is a great example. 
because yeah, you can do a lot of damage with a handgun, but you can do just as much, if not more damage with a Buick. <laughs> well, it depends on what side of the, yeah. Anyway, so let's, but, uh, no, no, he's absolutely right. The you point know. that the point that I was trying to make was you can be the world's best driver. You can be, you can have every certification you can have experience in everything from a freaking Peel 50 to a, you know, Ferrari. And it doesn't mean that you will never have an accident because even with those factors in case, you have no control over weather, road conditions, and most of all, you have absolutely zero control over other drivers. Mm. Yep. This is exactly what I was actually literally exactly where I was hoping to end up getting to anyway. You just forced my hand to it. And that's, that's exactly the point. The more opportunities there are for something to be added to the mixture, the more opportunities there are for that particular variable to screw up everything else, mm-hmm. adding more guns to, uh, to schools as, as, as an example. And I don't want to stick on that one. I want to move on to other pieces. But this is just the most stark example. More guns into any area. People will make mistakes. Problems will end up happening because of that. And there will be more instances of some unintended outcomes. Now, to be clear, by the way, that was one of the things that I was trying to get out. I don't think that I really got it out last week. Where I was trying to say, if you focus too much on one area... You know, you don't. You end up with these unintended consequences that will end up piling up that you don't well, realize and, what's going on. And this is why I was asking earlier about the um, the whole thing about you know the NRA. Do they actually practice what they preach? And I mean, okay, having their own streaming channel, it sounds good, but you know what? Um, Atheist TV is its own you know atheism streaming channel, and um, I hate to tell you this, guys, it ain't doing that shit hot. And it's probably not yeah. going to be doing much better in the future now, just, but that's another story. That's a whole other story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but my point being is that if you want to promote something like responsible gun ownership, you've got you've to kind of take the MTV route and you've got to drill it into people's heads through mass media and not through an, an exclusive streaming channel that you can only get on their website for paying the low, low price of $14.99 per month. Because a lot of people are not going to do that. You know, get, get commercial spots on, on the major networks, you know, and yeah, that might be tough because um, maybe your mainstream networks like ABC, NBC and stuff like that are, are so left leaning that the men at the NRA pokes their head up. They want to smack them with a mallet. I, I get that, but there are still networks out there. Dare I say it, Fox news, you know, yeah. and, and, and no, but in other places where they could try to get the message out. Yeah. No, you know, I, I know there's a lot of stigma behind it, but I honestly think that if you get it out there that, you know, that they want to promote education yes. to get that responsible gun ownership. Now we we've talked about Switzerland in the past. I think, I think it was Switzerland where uh, you do your military time and you get your gun. You, you get to keep your gun after you're done. 
Yeah, and everybody's trained on it because they all went to the military and that's where the gun came from. But a lot of them turn their guns back in, too. Well, Which they can. Okay, yeah. okay fine. That's a culture thing, though, that, and I, I accept that. And in fact, in you know, from what I was reading, a lot of the mentality of the people are they actually start to get a little worried when people tend to keep their guns. No, and that's well, fine. But like I said, yeah. that goes to the culture of, of the country, and that's that's their business. And, but that, that, that that's the key right there is the culture, regardless right. of whether they've been trained or not. The culture of the mentality is not a gun in every home. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. If that's if, American. But no, what I'm saying, though, is that if it's going to be if – it, if it is the American way to have a gun in every home – then train and, everybody to use and it. And you know what? A lot of the gun nuts out there would probably agree with me when I say this. And, and Heretic Woman just said it. You know, the look, why, if, you, if you're going to have the guns, be trained on them and understand what they are. But yeah. before you even get there, I think really people should have a look at the why of the culture. Oh, for why sure. people have a gun? For and sure. I don't but, think very many people are addressing this honestly. But I, I, I gun it's, um, If I may. But, Oh, yes. okay. Joey, go ahead. There are three points that I want to point out. One, very simply, as Shujin and I had pointed out, Murphy's Law. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Number two, I did want to touch momentarily on the legal ramifications of the situation that was highlighted before. Now, I don't know that all police forces have this. I do know that some have them, but they have something very similar to a protocol that we have in the military known as negligent discharge. Ah. And if it, you are, if it is found that you are at fault for that, you can be prosecuted. Uh, if it is found that it was a uh, mechanical error or some, some fault with the weapon or, you know, the holster, anything like that, you may see some ramifications, but at least you won't like, you know, have charges pressed on you. Especially if it's a defect in the craftsmanship that wasn't been able to be detectable readily by the human eye. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's Murphy's law right there in effect again, but fact, I, they may even be able to take that back to the manufacturer and go, Hey, look, here's what your crap. Now, did. Well, my third point, since we were talking about Switzerland, being a gun owner and a, amateur military historian among other things uh i have had quite a lot of uh background in researching the swiss situation as i call it switzerland has mandatory service that mm-hmm. means if you are a male of the age of 18 you have you have to serve in the military i believe for a minimum of 2 years yeah same as norway as the same most and there, countries, and, and you will see that in a lot of your North European and Central European countries. There's a very important reason why, and I hate to put it this way, because I actually like Germany nowadays. But Germany in in the 20th century had twice thrown a little bit of weight around, and here's the thing: Germany compared to those other countries, has quite a large population, quite a good industrial sector. They were able to steamroll pretty much everybody. (laughs) The whole point of the Swiss uh, mandatory service was to ensure that something like that could not happen to them again. 
they did not want to find themselves in a situation where they were not able to defend their territory, which is why they introduced the mandatory service. And yes, when that person is discharged from the military, they do retain their weapon because Switzerland doesn't have a reserve army. They don't have the National Guard or the reserves or anything like that. Right. If they find themselves in a situation where they have to declare war, they call up everybody that's fit for duty. So, yes, those people do retain their firearms from their military service. However, not only were they trained in the military, but all those firearms are registered. They all have uh, paperwork attached to them to, you know, recount, okay, you took it to the range this time, this time, and this time. Good. We have that on record. You're, you're perfect. Can I add? That, if, um... if you allow, well, just let me be real quick here. Um, if you allow your firearm to go missing, that's a big no, no. Uh, and even when they are out of the military service, those firearms are closely monitored. And if they are planning to retain them, they have to continue through regular training with that firearm, you know, go to the range, practice with it, all of that sort of stuff. They need to maintain proficiency. They need to maintain simple awareness of, you know, their firearm. So it's not like, you know, everybody's got a gun in every house just because they fear for, you know, their safety from their neighbor or whatever in Switzerland. It's a, it's a social experiment of theirs that's still ongoing based on recent history. Okay. They, Just, they not only keep the, the gun at home, they also keep the ammunition, but mm -hmm. the ammunition is um, hermet not hermetically. It's in plastic wrap with yeah. they, uh, a certificate they in it. They keep and track of the if ammunition. Broken just as... without the um, if the plastic is broken without uh, authorization or written uh, permission, mm -hmm. uh, it's worthy of uh, not a court martial, but anyways, you're going to be uh, reprimanded at least. Every every aspect of firearm culture in Switzerland is very closely monitored. Okay, uh, I wanted to ask something about that because uh, I'm, th there's a piece about that that I wanted to kind of tap on uh you said that uh 18 years you go and you do two years get your training and, and whatnot uh, effectively a mandatory two-year boot camp college kind of military effectively a, a good example okay one of their neighbors austria uh they also have compulsory service however they're they have both what's called civilian and armed compulsory service. They are required to perform nine months of civilian service with six months of armed service. Okay. And, and let's also remember that uh, Austria also brought us um, Mozart and uh, <clears throat> the well, uh, previous governor of California, but be that as it may. What I was going to ask was, uh, when they go in for their service, th those two years, can they be discharged from early service if they are found to be unfit? I believe most militaries do have a caveat in that way. For example, if you're found to have a heart condition 
and you can't be expected to perform, you know, like you're f- for the army, the uh, APFT, the physical fitness test. Um, in some cases, they will give you what's called a waiver. In, you know, if, if it's like a, you have an, a shoulder injury and you can't do push-ups, that's okay. You, your push, the push-up requirement can be omitted from your APFT. Uh, if you are found, if you have a more serious uh, physical disability, then you may be uh, discharged. And it's not, uh, it's not dishonorable discharge or anything like that. You may be forcibly discharged or you may be medically discharged. Okay. Now, medical discharge, there are more caveats to that, but as I was never one in the medical field, other than basic first aid and such. You get past the buck then, don't you? Mm. Well, that's the thing. Uh, When it comes to stuff like that, you you generally have officers that oversee the board that determines whether or not you need to be medically discharged. I'm not sure if Bridget would have much experience either, but maybe she does. I don't know. Uh, no, I was almost medically discharged myself, but that's about all that I have to do. Is, that's about the only experience I have with uh, people being medically discharged. That whole process. Yeah, I'm not sure what that entails. My brother, uh, he had served in the Air Force. He was a mechanic for uh, uh, heavy aircraft engines. Not to get too specific, and uh, he ended up having an engine effectively land on him in a way that bent his leg in the complete opposite direction that it usually bends. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what that's. Yeah. Hyperextension. Thank you. Um, he, ac- he actually hyperextended his knee twice because while he was mm-hmm. in the process of being medically discharged, he was forced to do a APFT or a, well, the air force's equivalent of an APFT. Yeah. And uh, he even argued against it, but they they ended up forcing him, and uh, uh, he he ended up hyperextending his knee during the run. Not cool. Did he at least get righted hundred percent? I I don't know if he's a hundred percent, but I do know he was medically discharged, and that he. Uh, he does have a rather high disability. I don't know if it's a hundred percent, but uh, here, here's the big difference is uh, when you're medically discharged, I, I personally was not medically discharged. I served my eight years and then I finished my ETS and term of service. Now I do have combat related injuries. I have what's called service related injuries. Mm-hmm. And the VA will provide me uh, care regarding those service-related injuries. But say, you know, I get a, a, a cavity in, my, in one of my teeth later down the road. That's something they won't cover. Unless, of course, I was 100%. Right. Uh, medical discharge, it, it's, even if you aren't considered 100% disabled you typically receive the same kind of coverage as far as medical stuff goes. If you were, um, because 
really, I guess the thought process behind it is you were absolutely fine before you went into the military. Now you're, now you're most certainly not. And there's really no other finger to point at except for, you know, your surface. So they, they kind of take care of you with that though, you know, VA being just as bureaucratic as any other branch of the government, um, it does tend to be, a, it, it's not the most ideal processes for dealing with things, if you know what I mean. No, I got you. As a matter of fact, that uh, that actually uh, opens up an area that, that kind of works along with this. Um, if you go under the idea, and I know that we're kind of dealing on the military side. Now, I, I apologize for that. It wasn't intentional. Uh, I can actually use it to kind of further the, the overall on this one. Uh, perfect example would be World War II, mm. when the U.S. finally decided to jump in because, well, uh, World we War II. You know what? No, uh, let's. You know what? Even even better. Let's jump back to World War One. Might might even be a little bit better. Uh, World War One and World War Two. The U.S. basically got um, hit. To a certain degree, World War One not quite so much, but you get the idea. There was a huge push to have more people join in because it was seen as the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. World War Two a hell of a lot more. World War One not as much, but okay. Well, World War One we still had quite a lot of opposition uh, because America itself had not been like directly attacked. Uh, they they saw world, uh, the large portion of the American civilian populace saw the war in Europe as a European war that we had no business in. Yeah. Now, when that was uh, when that was finally going to be happening, there was a huge call up for people to join in. Mm-hmm. World War One, it wasn't quite as much, but World War Two, it was most assuredly. Anyone who could pick up a hunk of metal and wood, we want you. And yeah. it was seen as the big national good. And that was that was a result of well, one can argue that it primarily was a result of Pearl Harbor because they had attacked sovereign United States territory. They saw it as a backhanded, underhanded thing to do, and literally every well the majority of the population was like, oh, no, we're not going to let this stand. No. So you have a huge volume of the population who was able to be part of the military suddenly flooding in. Mm-hmm. The unintended consequences of that were, at the time, forgery of documents to prove, yes, I'm at least a you're 15 i grew up with you i'm 18 no if memory serves my grandfather as a matter of fact kind of uh fudged his birth records yeah my dad did that too yeah yeah but so you have the unintended consequence of forgery happening back in the day it was a hell of a lot easier too because let's face it you know typewriter ribbon is easy enough to get rid of and, and, and change around or just completely forge new documents entirely and just you know, slip them in. Nobody would know any different. And when you've got the old records back in the day where they were 
just handwritten documents that were kept at a parish, literally in the basement of a church. And after several hundred years, the church has gone up in flames because, well, uh, several hundred years worth of technology and change and stuff happens. Lightning, for instance. Yeah, the divine protection, as we've as we've learned, uh, does not right. apply. Right. Those documents can just go bye-bye, and nobody knows hiding your hair. And you're 16? Uh, oh, 18. You, you forget. Okay, sure, we'll go with that. Now, the down-the-road consequence is you now have kids who have been as young as, if I remember right, I've heard as young as 15 being able to squirm their way in. Mm. Who go in, they are injured, or whatever the case may be, and they get eventually discharged. And one could say that they become a draw on whatever programs are in place for an extra, let's say, five, maybe ten years over what the average might be because they've got, you know, they were younger, they were in better health. Maybe they continue to be in slightly better health for a longer amount of time because they are. That's money that gets outlaid over time. And again, I might not be completely explaining the the thought process on this. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, that's also nothing that's new, and it's still something that we're dealing with today. Granted, not because of the age, but uh, malingering. Yep. Effectively. Right. Uh, people claiming to be more injured than they actually are. And that happens. Now, the, uh, the thing of it is, this isn't, um, to make sure that I've got it understood, it's not about the guns themselves. It's about the unintended consequence of what ends up happening. You add to the additional pool of people who are now going into the military, going into military service, and then coming out who are going to be living a bit longer, let's say an extra, an extra five years because they were maybe as much as five years younger. Who knows what they were able to get away with. Mm. So there's longer Lifetime, Social Security, VA, outlay, uh, GI Bill, whatever the hell it was. And, you know, that's something that would not be expected right from the get-go. Adding to... Adding to... I didn't want to bring it back to the whole damn thing, but adding back to more people with more anything doesn't have to be guns could be as was mentioned cars you will you, you know what perfect uh, here we here we go Let, let's change this around a little bit because the idea of having um electric cars is becoming much more a thing mm-hmm. the safety of those vehicles with gasoline cars we've had situations where uh, the uh, uh, oh, what the hell was it? It was the uh, uh, the Pinto. It, yeah, tech. You know exactly where I'm going on this one. We talked about this Let's once before. A Pinto. Yeah, the uh, the Ford Pinto back in the 70s had a design problem, 
and we talked about this with uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Torres Esquire and the unintended consequence was Boom. Ford lost a lot of money a lot of money it was a and PR disaster oh never mind that I mean when it got into the courts I mean they were screwed they were screwed so bad it wasn't even funny but the unintended consequence now of more electric vehicles could be could be those chemical reactions going haywire and melting down. I was going to say blowing up, which is still a possibility, but more likely going into short and burning a car to bits. Which is the reason why the Tesla batteries for the cars, the design specs were made publicly available to any car company that wants to use them because they actually had several real, real, ah, I can talk real world (laughs) events where the people owners, not, not stunt doubles, not test environments, but real owners had, um, and there were very few and far between that did it where the battery started to go bad and actually caused a fire. The most prominent one was, um, God, if I can remember where the article was, the guy pulled over because he saw little wisps of smoke coming out from underneath uh, his car. Always a bad sign. Yeah. And so he realized his car is catching fire. He called emergency services. They were sending somebody on his way. They told him to stay away from the vehicle. Well, he was in the middle of freaking nowhere. And several minutes go by, no sirens, no nothing. And he notices that while the smoke increased, it, the little wisps of it, it didn't really increase all that much. And there was no feeling of any heat. So he went and he got all his, you know, got a whole bunch of stuff out of his car, moved to the side of the road, wait a few more minutes, still nothing, no flames, smokes increased still just a little bit. Goes back to the car, gets the rest of his shit out, moves it. By the time they get there, there's still no flames, but there's a lot more smoke. The whole system was designed to impede the process uh, that if a battery were to go bad, if something were to happen, it would impede the process of of everything catching fire. And one of the, I, I think it was the fire officials had said that, that was the first time they'd ever seen a car where when the battery started to go, it didn't immediately ignite the car into flames. That's lucky. That's very lucky. But that was Uh, how the design was made to be to do that. And that, and that's a good thing. Um, We've, we've, we've heard over the years of various different things, technologically speaking, that will do that. Uh, Look no further than the, Samsung Galaxy class of phones that have had <laughs> small problems. And that's why I'm <coughs> Well, it was that particular one. And and then also look at the hoverboard. <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The first, they should the, not legally be allowed to call it that. Well, no. whatever. But the first release of that, I mean, that, that battery. And I've seen YouTube videos where they've tested it with, that, with those kind of batteries where they put current to it, they puncture it, and it goes off like a bomb. Hey. Lithium yeah. is not a lithium batteries are not, you know, like 
<laughs> oh, this, this, this is a not a very violent reaction here. Really? Really? Look, you're dealing with chemistry to produce something that, while beneficial, does have the potential for harm. Even the reaction has the potential for harm. So, oh, I understand that. I'm just saying, yeah. this is not a design that's designed uh, uh, that when the design is, how do I say, compromised, that it's going to be a uh, a fun time. Well, you see, now this actually kind of goes back to it. Okay, add, adding variables or, or adding too much of, of one particular var variable when it comes to things like these lithium batteries. Uh, to me, the variable is, well... Greed. The need to push out as much product as possible for maximum profit with little regard for QA, safety, and other things. And this is what happens. You get this gigantic push where you may have a quality flaw that, well, in the case of things like the hoverboard, things went boom. Or, you yeah. know, you hear the story of the Galaxy Tab 7. Uh, I think that's what it was called. I think so. Um, Galaxy Note you, 7. But sorry, yeah. Galaxy Note 7. Uh, can't take it on a plane. Like, even if it's turned off with the battery removed, you cannot take that on a plane. I've, I traveled during that time. And, yeah, they, they said, uh, is your phone a Note 7? I said, no, it's a, it's a tab. It's a Note Edge. Well, is it a seven? No. Yeah. No, I, I actually had to convince them of that. You just um, tell them no. If they ask you, if, if they ask you, well, which version is it? Then get specific. I've, I've noticed that these people, uh, especially working a, a basically a con as a contractor on a military a naval base, uh, they don't want you to volunteer information. They just want you to answer the yeah. damn question to yeah. their satisfaction. Yeah. And but then the they want is, to come to the next person. Yeah. They just don't care. You know, but, but, but yeah, so, but, but that particular thing, it, it became, uh, it became like, you know, public safety thing. Number one, it also become one of the, uh, the, the greatest mods ever for GTA. Uh, whereas it was, uh, the, it, it was the super grenade yeah. shaped as a, uh, as, as the, the, the note seven, you actually, God, that was freaking note seven funny when I saw that. and you would like, you'd blow up half a city block. But my, my, my point being is that. You know, when there's something like that, there, there, there's always going to be that mad rush for profit or that mad rush to meet the, the demands of the people. And you're going to get, you're going to have problems like that. Yep. See, right now, it's mostly the shareholders, believe it or not, when it comes to the whole cell phone market. Because, but again, the, the X factor is greed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, simple. By the way, uh, Bridget, did I did I hear you chuckle earlier, just a couple of moments ago, about part of this? Mm, no. Okay, no. never mind then. Maybe it was a cat. Sure. Or... Yeah, we'll, we'll go with. Yo. Yo, bitch. As a <laughs> as an aside, by the way, speaking of, uh, over in uh, over in the chat, Felis, hi, uh, did mention that uh, Galaxy Note Seven, a few batteries failed. And, and true, and I, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the other part, Samsung pulled the whole line voluntarily, 
And that is true. To their to their credit, that's exactly what they should have done. Now, the first part of that, a few batteries failed. I'm I'm putting my own hip on it for a second. That's the un, that's the unintended consequence. That there will be, as was mentioned, the great god Murphy who will suddenly rear up his ugly head and go, Miss me? And uh-huh. there will be the outliers that will suddenly happen. A poor production run. Um, in, in the tech sector, we've seen it. The caps on motherboards that go boom. Tech, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You remember those. Hey. Yeah, the capacitors. Yeah. And yeah. Dallin, you, you remember them too. I, I do. And I... There was a line of power supplies that came out from multiple manufacturers that they had all invested in the same capacitors out of China and they would just go. And now people were lucky that it didn't take out the whole machine, right? Like in a blaze of glory, like a, a lithium battery pack would do. But what it did end up having the repercussions of is that when they went, when they took themselves out, they sometimes took out the motherboard or maybe an attached component or something. So at that point, that was the time that several different other manufacturers were going, we don't go get our caps from there. We only get ours from such and such place and they're rated and everything else. And like, for example, one of the brand names was Antec. I, um, they, they were one of the ones, um, I think EVG, uh, EVGA was another brand of uh, power supply where they bragged that theirs didn't do that because of where they got their capacitors from and, and, and the testing and everything else that they went through. And their stocks started going. The presence on my face on holy crap of all class brought to you by Antec Power Supplies, which happens to be running <laughs> in my computer as we speak. Yep. I've I've used Antec for many years. I've switched yeah. between Antec and EVGA based on uh, availability but, uh, of modular supplies and such. Yeah, but okay, going out going in from the tech sector, um vehicle recalls. Yep. And and these can happen Volkswagen. Well, <laughs> that, that's a different story. That was just them lying. Yeah, that, that was just them yeah. lying. But what I'm talking about is airbags. Yeah. My, well, my car, my, not, not the car I have now, but the car I had uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I got a letter in the mail from Ford stating that they had to, that I had to bring my car in to a certified Ford mechanic place. Uh, if I'm talking a little bit uh, weird, I blame this. Um, <laughs> that's fine. That that was a big old bottle of booze for those who who are listening later. <laughs> yes, it was a 750 ml bottle of uh, Apothic Dark, which is about at this point three quarters done. Ah. And I just popped the cork on this thing before the show. Why? Because I'm going out of town next week, so. Screw y'all. He's, he's got a slummet in Ontario, poor guy. Yeah, if I had if known well, you had that, I would open up one of my 750s, man. Yeah, but like like Hamilton of all places. Anyways, yeah. the thing is that <laughs> I, I, I got well, the... It, hmm? could be win- it could be worse. It could be Windsor. Point. Um, <laughs> but, but no, um, my, my point being is that I got, I got a letter from Ford saying I had to turn the car in for a day because there was a defect realized in that particular year, uh, that particular model of the car I had 
and they wanted to make sure that the damage or that the su suspected defective component was at the very least vetted. Mm. And it turns out that's what it was for me. It was just a vetting. They didn't have to replace anything, but the outlier, apparently a couple of three vehicles from that particular production run, uh, they done messed up. So in this gigantic PR move, well, and to escape, you know, millions in liability suits, uh, yeah. Ford had to take the proactive step. And I mean, but we've also seen recalls for meat. Oh, I've got a recall on my car right now for airbag issues. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, this wasn't with airbag. It actually has something to do with the ignition. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, meat, um, uh, pet food. Yes, yeah. Actually, pet food's been a big one recently. There's been a yeah. few issues with various uh, companies. And there's uh, there's one right now for lettuce, if I remember right, for E. coli. Yeah, yeah. So like listeria. So that's the other thing too. Like like when you when you increase the number of you know, or in increase the demand for production and you're willing to sacrifice a QA process because you've got to get the stuff to market right away. Uh, these are the kinds of things that can happen. And it's a gamble. I mean, even if you are, even if you have the most pragmatic uh, quality assurance process out there, you still run the, well, every time you do something, you of course run the risk of something slipping under the radar. And the more you add to like the volume of let's say products going out or products being introduced into the system, the more things are going to slip under the radar. And that actually does kind of circle around to the gun thing. All these. Okay. So they want to arm the schools. They, they, they want teachers to have guns. Now, other than missing the obvious, because let's face it, uh, we've all been to school. I'm assuming. Hmm. We all had that one teacher, the one teacher that if they actually did come to school armed, you would be scared shitless because <laughs> they were insane. I mean, the, the ones that would yell and scream at the top of their lungs because uh, Joey's chewing or not, sorry, uh, Bobby, <laughs> uh, Bobby's chewing gum over in the back corner. You know or, what? Let's go. With, hold, hold on a second. Let's use Chet because as I as I've learned from somebody else, Chet Chet is always an asshole. Okay. No, no that's Chad. That's Chad. 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 <laughs> Chad. If you if you're watching, by the way, Chad, you're an asshole. <laughs> you know the the funny thing is there goes our viewership. Well, no, I, I was actually I was actually just about to backpedal on that because uh, I did go to school with a guy named Chad, but um, he was an asshole, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was also one of my best friends, so I'm kind of stuck in a in a precarious position here. But you stuck know what? In the middle with you. sorry. Well, and 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 sort of the the point of issues in the school with the teacher. When I was in eighth grade, our teacher committed suicide. Holy so, shit! Yeah. So imagine if somebody like that had a gun. <laughs> Right, that's a whole other level. That, that's that's physics, biology, and chemistry all rolled into one really macabre uh, day of learning. Yeah, actually, yeah. you get a you get another one for uh, civics, and you get a, an extra credit for college because uh, what is it in college? Somebody commits suicide, and you're rooming with them. 
you get a pass right away and you get credit for all your classes. I don't know so, if that's actually true. We always said I, that I when we yeah. were in school. But, but my point is that, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and again, this is kind of why I asked at the beginning of the show, why, like, is there a requirement? And Joey, you can probably answer this for me. Um, I, I know to get like a concealing carry, you have to go through something, but just to own a firearm, do you have to have some kind of certificate or license that states you are qualified to own said firearm? In my experience with the states that I have owned and purchased firearms in, there is not a requirement. However, anytime you do purchase a firearm, you do have to submit for a background check. Okay. So I guess the background at, check at this be- time, as far as I know now, that is not to say I've ever been to, I don't know how things work with, uh, say, uh, private transactions, private transaction, at least for the States that I do know how it works is that you need to be able to verify that the person you're selling the firearm to is the person that you're supposed to be selling the firearm to. That is to say they have to provide, you know, proper identification, yada, yada, yada. And you, I, that's the thing. The caveat, I, I think in Ohio, the caveat is you need to have no reason to believe that this person has any previous felonies or anything against them that would deny them from owning a firearm. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm sure there are states where the same applies to things like gun shows. Yeah. There, there are certain states, uh, um, I think Virginia and I forget which other one, where the gun show, you just have to say that you're from a particular state and they will sell you the gun. The gun show loophole, I believe they call it. Yeah, basically. And yeah. that's what a lot of people are trying to shut down. See, here's the thing. I've actually talked to uh, one gun shop owner who said that the main problem for him with doing the, with the checks on the people is that the system that he is required to have that does the check, it doesn't pull from every single state. You know, it might not say that this person's got this kind of a problem out in California or New York or wherever, wherever state, but it might pull from the state that he's in and the one next to him. And that's kind of it that the system is not truly universal. It's not a truly That's, universal database. You see, that That's is the because, biggest problem there. Well, that, that is part of an, another problem that we have called reciprocity. Yeah. Not That's, all states agree with all the other states. And so they have differences of opinion on, you know, whether or not your, uh, your concealing carry, uh, is permissible in their state. That's why, uh, I believe Ohio, uh, Ohio concealing carries are not recognized in Texas. I believe they are that recognized is- in Maryland, though, and because of that, we've got advertisements left and right every time it's open up for online submissions over here. But but that's what I was trying to get at is I don't remember what the disagreement is, but Ohio and uh, Texas have a disagreement on one or uh, one or several matters regarding uh, concealing carries, which is why Texas just went ahead and said, you know what? We just don't recognize Ohio concealing carries then. Yeah. But you see, that's the thing when it comes to, you see my, my original thought would be, okay, look, 
you want to arm your schools. Well, then your teachers should have something to say that they're actually qualified to carry a weapon. Um, and again, I, I go back to the, to the, uh, the FAC example that I have here in Canada where, you know, I, I, before I even go into a gun shop to purchase a weapon, I have to have this, this thing that says I have taken a course on so-called responsible gun ownership. Now, the thing is, I, if I, if I remember correctly, this is a federal level thing. And I know the second I mentioned federal, a lot of uh, people in the U.S. get their hackles up because, you know, well, that's big government, <clears throat> you know, whatever. And we're turning the frogs gay and all that shit. You know what? Our show, but, our rules, fuck them, whatever. Yeah, my, my point being, though, is that um, I honestly think that when it comes to things like gun ownership in the States, there should be something at a federal level. Now, I realize that that's 50 states worth of that's the Baskin Robbins flavor of uh of different gun laws you know per state that eventually would have to be distilled down to something that is palatable for all and unfortunately a republican government will never do that because of course their big thing is they don't believe in big government so they say you know they they, they believe they, they don't believe in big government except when it comes to your bedroom yeah i'm not wrong you're not. But, but but then at the same time, when you get into a, uh, a democratic government, well, they've got a lot of other things that they want big government to do. And, of course, guns are the devil. And all I'm saying is that if, if you had something more, if you had like a universal gun ownership policy or, or, or something, some kind of a, of a license, um, you know what? Think of this. So, so you talk about these background checks. Mm -hmm. Okay, what if that was handled by another agency? Kind of like um Okay, okay. whoever is doing whoever's um, got that sound? Uh, I think Joey's cleaning one of his Joey's, guns. Yeah. No, no, I had I had a small issue that I had to deal with over here. It's done. Okay, okay but anyways, okay. my my point. Uh let me let me try uh let me let me try an an analogy here. Yes, I'm drunk. Give me a break. Uh, I have what's called a Nexus card for traveling. Mm, yeah. Uh, this is also known as trusted traveler. Um, we uh, pretty much essentially equivalent to what we ha have here called easy pass. No, pretty much. No, 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 no. Hold on. Nexus is a different animal. Um, easy pass is for highways, byways for prepaying for term. Yeah. Yeah, turnpikes. Nexus expected. means I get fast tracked through customs, right? Ah, be because I have taken the test. They have done a police background check on me. They have my fingerprints. They, Christ, Canada has my retinal scan on record. Damn. Wow. So that no. Here's the thing: when I go into the states, I walk up to a kiosk. I place my hand on a pad. It reads my fingerprints. It takes my picture. And it asks me the questions. Are you bringing this, this, this and that to the States? Uh, what we call the typical blue sheet for customs. Mm -hmm. uh, Heretic woman, you've probably dealt with this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although usually verbally, but yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, we actually, we used to have a piece of paper that we had to fill out. Um, of course, in Calgary, we don't anymore because they, they went and automated everything. But, but the thing yeah, is. 
Pearson is all automated now too. Yeah. But but the bottom line is that I produced the printout from a trusted traveler kiosk, and the customs agent by default is supposed to just look at that and go, "Yeah, have a nice trip." They are actually yeah. under no obligation to ask me any questions. Now they could still Damn. pull they they could still pull the dick card. Yeah, and if they, uh, if and make they my life miserable. If they think you're acting weird or something, they can totally bust you. If ball, their but. wife didn't blow them the night before, they could do it, and we couldn't question yep. it. Yep. The, exactly. This is the power of the customs agent. But yep. the thing is, all of the background check, all of the overhead, if you will, has already been done, and I have a card. Yeah. That says, I have been approved by two governments in the United States and in Canada to say that I'm a nice guy. It's my universal nice guy card. It also gets me through something called TSA pre-check when yes. I go back, when I'm heading back home, when I pass through airport security with a TSA pre-check, I don't have to take off my shoes, my belt. I don't have to take my laptop out of my bag. I don't have to take my jacket off and I can walk through the scanners Um because I'm what's called a trusted traveler. Now, if there was a federal, oh, we lost Shujin. Yep. <laughs> but but if there was a federal equivalent in the states for firearms, yeah, that's then a good suddenly, idea. Um, Joel Bob's firearm and Taco Bell would not be required yeah. to do the background check because someone at the federal level has already done that. Done that it. That yeah. is unfortunately one of the problems that we have is that the federal government is scared shitless to touch this subject. That's why, why they leave it up to the states. And uh, my question there is why? Well, let's see. Uh, your congressman really wants your vote for, uh, for re-election. Uh, it, it's just, it really does break down to politics. I mean, yes, it's a very sensible idea, but it comes down to damn politics. Because, and you see that, that is the biggest problem is, is that, okay, what I've just proposed, what, what I've mentioned, like to me, it sounds like a good idea, even with my somewhat alcohol addled brain at this point. <laughs> no, it does. It does seem like a good idea. Yeah, but, but, it, but you're right. There, there could be fear mongering. And the thing is from the left, it could mean, well, actually, well, from the left, it could be that, um, well, it's still about guns and guns are icky, Satan, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. From the right, it's, um, you know, it's Alex Jones. They want to find out more about you and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, I, I'm talking about something that's well-intentioned. Like, uh, honestly, uh, some mom and pop that wants to open up a gun show or a gun shop. Yeah. You know, the, all they want to do is they want to fill a need. They, they want to supply people with something that they want. See a need, yeah. fill a need, you know? Why should they be responsible for well, they, they, having to perform be, a background check? Yeah, they would be responsible for accepting the proper paperwork that, you know, that, you know, I'm a nice guy with a gun card. But, but that's the thing. <laughs> okay, so, thing. so yeah. you have your, you, you have your, I'm a good guy with a gun card. But let's just call it that the good guy with a gun, because apparently that's one of the big buzz phrases, uh, especially if you listen to a, a smarmy Jew like um, Ben Shapiro. Um, 
But all they would, all they should theoretically have to do is take that card, swipe it. Yeah. And that goes to a gigantic national database that says, you know what? This guy has passed all the tests. He has been found mentally competent and is an, uh, uh, an approved, he's okay to own a gun. Now, I think they would do that in Japan. Yeah, but, but the thing is, is this going to is this going to stop the school shootings? No, it's not. But you know what? Taking guns away or limiting access to a so-called assault rifle, which okay, hold on. Before I go down that rabbit hole, Joey. Yep. AR-15, assault mm-hmm. rifle or not? Does it have the ability to fire in full automatic mode? It does not. Then, by definition, it is not an assault rifle. Thank you. I have been waiting for a proper definition on that for a long time. And, yeah, I should have hit you up earlier. And, and, you know, people are going to bitch about that because, oh, well, the American uh, M16 isn't an assault rifle. Yes, the American M16 is an assault rifle. Yes, it is. The AR-15 is not because it is not an M16. If you if you break it down, uh, the, here are a few terms that people get really confused. Battle rifle. Okay. A battle rifle is any full caliber, full rifle cartridge weapon that is capable of firing uh, semi-automatically or fully automatically or anything in between. An assault rifle, yes, as the original definition defines it, is a rifle with an intermediate cartridge. So, it to list a few the uh, the Sturmgeier's uh, Jaeger Jaeger Patron or something like that, uh, the five five six NATO and the seven point six two by three nine Russian. Uh, AK-47 cartridge. Okay. An assault rifle has the ability to fire an intermediate, uh, more than one intermediate cartridge with the single pull of a trick of the trigger. That's okay. what the original definition was. Now, all three of those weapons, the Sturmgeier, the original assault rifle or storm rifle, the uh, M16 and the AK-47 are all capable of selective fire. That is to say, most cases, all of them are able to fire semi-automatically. But the AR, uh, the M16, at least the general model that is used as the gen- as the service rifle for the United States military today, also has what is referred to as burst fire capability. Right. Meaning that it fi- you pull the trigger once. It fires three rounds. Mm-hmm. That's why we went from the twenty-round magazine to the thirty-round magazine. Yeah, because then you get basically ten ten pulls of the trigger mm. without, without the odd card out. Now, okay, so 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 as it is, the AR fit. Oh, okay, if I remember correctly, with your current gun laws in the states, again, and I've said this before, but speaking as an outsider. The M16 is actually illegal for a civilian to possess, correct? Not because, entirely. 
Well, well, no, because it is classified as an assault rifle, fully automatic. I've been told, or, and I've also heard on news reports that a fully automatic weapon, like that, that basically comes. Oh, shit. What? What? I'm prob. God damn it. Okay, I'm gonna drop off. I'm going to be back as quickly as I can because uh, I've got a power supply issue. That's okay. What's going okay. On. Do what I'll you gotta do. Do you, want, do you want to throw control to somebody before you go to somebody? I don't know how. Oh, I don't know uh, how. Um. Okay. So pick somebody down you. below, and I think. Okay. Not or it. It could be in the control room too. I think. One or the other, but yeah, I'm just saying in case you. <laughs> I haven't done it. In, I haven't done it in a while. So jo- Joseph's making the bed for power. Well, unless yeah. you change your name to Bobby, so you're not allowed to have equipment issues. Um. Well, we, <laughs> I had equipment issues on our show last week, and Ashley was making a surprise appearance, oh. so I blamed it on her. Coincidence? I think not. No, I don't think it was either. <laughs> but I guess the, the, the question I had was like, okay. Well, um, actually, let me go ahead. Okay. And uh, check something real quick. Because what I gave you was the original definition of an assault rifle. Yeah. And what we need to be looking at is what is the current definition of an assault rifle? Yeah, the, the reason I'm asking is because there, there's ever since the the the, the school shooting and, and actually dating back even to the Pulse nightclub shooting a couple of years ago, there has been this push to you know ban the AR-15 because it is the it, to to me it seems like a scapegoat. Um, okay, so any uh, what what is defined by Merriam-Webster's uh, latest edition? I'll of work the, off of that of the. Uh, of the dictionary assault rifle any of various intermediate range magazine fed military rifles such as the ak-47 that can be set for automatic or semi-automatic fire however they have a caveat also a rifle that resembles a military assault rifle but it's designed only to fire semi-automatic fire something tells me that that was added very recently That that feels like a very, very recent addition because, as I was about to say, and Joey, you can back me up on this, um, I saw a, a, a picture on Facebook, and I realize it's anecdotal and it's Facebook, so honestly, but they were comparing the AR-15's specs to that of, a, I believe it was a Ruger, and we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there, there's a model of Ruger out there. Um, it does exactly the same thing as the AR-15 does, but it resembles a hunting rifle. You know, your your classic long wood uh, stock. Yeah, the, um, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, and I'm too drunk to really think about it. Um, um, the Ruger, uh, well... No, that's not the one we're looking for. I want to say something about two two three, but I could be wrong. It, uh, it is two two three caliber. Yeah. Um, but getting to my getting to my point, more recent. Yeah. Uh, development that is somewhat different. Yeah. Uh, but, but but getting to my point is that they're they're going after a rifle that mm. the only reason they're going after it is because it looks like a military grade rifle. Well, technically, so does this one. Uh, the one that you were referring to is what is known as a Ruger Mini 14. Okay. 
And it is basically a civilian version of the M14 battle rifle, but it's chambered in uh, 223 or 5.56, depending on what you want to. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a semi-automatic varmint rifle is what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. it, it's something you'd go after like uh you know we still live, web at you well no i still no, live no, no, in saskatchewan no. don't hunt a rabbit with a 223 you hunt a rabbit with 22 caliber uh look look speaking speaking from experience and as someone who knows people from saskatchewan you do hunt gophers with a 223 the eye <laughs> because you are a malicious son of a bitch when it comes to getting rid of gophers. Well, here's the thing. A varmint rifle is a rifle not really intended for hunting. It's more so intended for defense of property and livestock from animal threats. So gophers, uh, mainly coyotes. That's where the term varmint rifle was most most effectively coined was, you know, out in the Old West. People needed a way of get, uh, driving off coyotes. What does the fox say? Bang! Nothing anymore. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm looking over in the. I'm looking over in our chat here, and, and honestly, um, yeah. uh, tonight I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm thinking about rifles and brioche, and I'm going to a bakery tomorrow. Uh, Why? Because. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say, hey, I'm I'm hungry. I've got the pizza order page up ready for when we get closer to the oh, end. God. Here, you know, I, I I did a crock pot of beef stew last yesterday, and uh, I'm gonna be living off of that for the next little while. But even after I had that tonight, I was so craving something. I was like, I was ready to go to the local convenience store and just pick up just a, a whack of junk food. But thankfully, I resisted and went with alcohol mm-hmm. instead. Now, here's my thing with the whole definition between, you know, assault weapons and non-assault mm-hmm. weapons. They're pretty much saying that an assault weapon is any firearm that is based off of a military-grade weapon, yeah? Well, guess what? That includes pretty much every freaking bolt action on the market. Well, exactly. Well, I'm going to say that they're probably thinking more, you know, something that's high capacity that has the potential to mow down 50 people, 30 seconds. Yeah. That would qualify. Yeah. And And I think you're picking picking an AR-15 because that happens. I mean, it may be coincidence, may not, but that happens to be the weapon that's most often used in these mass shootings here. Well, yes. Why do people want to own this? You've been listening to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>